sisters, this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to thank all you out there who has been listening and sharing the message with other individuals and allowing for others to see what the Spirit of God is speaking to the church. We ask that you continue to pray for us here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry, our Spiritual Cuts leaders, as they continue to be on the road of righteousness, the road of eternal life, the road that God has called us into to speak the words of eternal life. We want you to know that we care about where you at in your ministry because we want you to be in the ministry of reconciliation because God has called us to be as a unit, a unit of faith, the unit of faith huh? in one body, one faith, one baptism, and one Father and one God of us all. He wants us to unite together and understand that this is what I sent my son Christ to do. I sent him to teach the words of eternal life, to speak the words of eternal life, to manifest the glory of eternal life to my people. He said, my people are destroyed because they don't believe in eternal life. They reject the knowledge of eternal life. So therefore, I destroy them and their children's children because it's our job as parents to teach our children what God has taught his son Christ as his son has taught us in the spirit of him and the promise of our father. And what our father do, my brothers and sisters, we're going to continue in these episodes manifesting the glory of God and see where God take us. And we pray that you continue to operate under the spirit and the anointing of God. But let me say this in the offset. If you listen into these messages and you're operating from out of the flesh, you cannot comprehend what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. So I want you to understand that I didn't come with eloquent speech and, and putting things in the perspective where you may think they need to be at in my language or my verbiage, but I want you to know in the words of eternal life, if you just go back and listen to what God is saying and remove what I'm speaking, you'll be Began to understand that God wants you to have his gift. And we know that the gift of God is eternal life. Without further ado, brothers, we're going to get into this message in the episode three. And we just want to thank you and welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. Continue to pray for the ministry, and the ministry will continue to pray for you and your families forever. Amen. Without further ado, let us read. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. And like I always say, you should never be in the presence of someone without them teaching you, without your word or your sword being in the present. Because Christ is the teacher of the word. The man is to speak of the word Christ was teaching. So therefore, and furthermore, my brothers, you have to understand that you are lacking a lot of things because you're letting somebody say something to you without even doing any research. So if you're going to research the scriptures and 
the scriptures tell us in John chapter 5, verse 39 and 4, if you search the scriptures, you may think you have eternal life. So now it is predicated upon your religion or predicated upon your belief or predicated upon your denomination. It is predicated upon your relationship with God in Christ. That you follow the scriptures when we are setting your teaching because that's how we teach because that's how we've been taught. We've been taught by God to teach through Christ how to teach through the scriptures that God gave Christ to teach. Even Jesus had to use the scriptures to teach what God taught him through Christ. Amen. So we're going to come from out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. And it reads, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 3.16, we're going to use one scripture today. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If I had to tag this and title this anything, I would say, do you not know? Huh? Do you not know? I want to speak from that perspective of us understanding, do you not know? I want you to know there are a lot of things in life and everyday events and occurrences that happens on a daily basis that we do not know. Regardless of your age and regardless of your gender, regardless of your ethnicity group, you may derive from what I found out and discovered about people, especially church folks or believers or all those who so-call themselves Christians and believers in the spiritual church leaders. They always put this fat, fat this fast, this fascade up, or a, a superficial appearance, or a illusion of something, because they are church folks and spiritual church leaders. You know what I'm talking about, huh? I, 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 I've been in a situation like that myself before, so I don't want to just throw rocks and hide hard hands and as and, and as if they know what you're speaking or talking about when it comes down to the crop to the comprehending and understanding the scriptures i've been there so many times so that i don't look like i didn't know what i was talking about or what you were talking about about what god was saying so now I'm up here putting on a fatcade or, or a, fast, a fastcade, and I'm looking as an illusion, as if I'm superficial appearance, as if I actually know what you're talking about and don't have a clue. You wouldn't believe, my brothers and sisters, when I approach individuals just on a moderate, and I don't try to get too deep with individuals. I just be trying to find out where they're at so I can work on my ministry as a spiritual cuts leader or as a spiritual leader. Because the fact of the matter, until you ask questions and until you find out where individual and why they think what they believe and why they believe in what they think, you would never understand why God has called you to do what you were supposed to do in speaking the words of eternal life. So I find out just in the basic of actually talking to individuals who say, by the way, they love God and they have this relationship with God like never before. I want you to realize that they don't even know some of the things, the basic principles of the 
oracle, the basic principles of the oracles of God. They don't even know about Abraham. They don't even know who John is. They don't even know who Paul. They don't know who is Luke. And they don't even know Matthew. So therefore, they heard of the scriptures from either Paul, Luke, and John, but they don't know much about who Paul, Luke, and John really is because they don't even read. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed is he, or blessed is she who read this prophecy and learn from what they are reading and understand this prophecy, huh? Because the day is at hand, because the time is at hand, and the time is near. So, my brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people who say they go to church and love going to church, love going to see what's going on in the church with their pastors and preachers and teachers, and I'm not against that because I was a part of that group and affiliated myself with it and myself. So, I'm not going to say, I'm not, I'm not downing these things, and I'm just showing you. Most people who go to church don't know half of the scriptures. I have actually... I do this purposely with people. I pull people when they say, oh, well, we had a good time in church. God, man, that, that we, it was, it was, it. I said, what they was teaching about? Oh, they was teaching about this, and they was teaching about that. And I said, well, what scriptures again? Oh, I don't remember, but God, he was talking about John, uh, 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 David, and Goliath. You know what I mean? And I said, well, that come from my wood passage. I already know. I'm just asking because I'm trying to find out if they know what they heard and believe in what they. And so with that being said, so many people can go into places of the synagogue or the churches or the cathedrals or, or wherever you want to call the building you worship God at. They go there and not even understanding that they only have a zeal for the Spirit of God. Because if I'm teaching you right now, from what I just said, you should remember some of the things. I started out in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells? You should have at least remembered that the Spirit of God dwells in you and that you are the temple of God. And it's so easy for people not to remember and it's so easy for them to forget because so many times they go to a place to hear something because they want to they hear about the zeal but not the knowledge. Well, here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the Promise of Our Father podcast, we teach the knowledge of God. We remove the zeal. Now, if you want to hang around with the zeal, you're going to have to leave what is called knowledge. Because the knowledge swallows up the zeal. But the zeal wants to be what they call the knowledge. Huh? But I want you to know, you can't put them two together to make one. Now, you can have the knowledge of God and a zeal for the knowledge and the knowledge as a zeal, but you can't have the zeal and call yourself with the knowledge. And I want you to understand that. Huh? But these are always these people who are superficial, appearing spiritual church folks. And you are speaking or talking about when it comes down to comprehending and understanding the scriptures. Even myself as a spiritual church leader don't know everything about the scriptures. And for me to say that and mean it takes a lot of inner courage to do. And what, I, what that does for me... As a spiritual church leader, it allows for me to be taught things and understand and comprehend things about the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ. 
that I didn't initially knew, but prior to me coming into the knowledge of God and Christ, I was taught and learned to see things about the scriptures only one way. In one way only, it was the way I saw it. If you didn't say what my pastor or my preacher or my bishop or my leader speaking the word, you if it didn't match up to what he was saying, I would totally go against you. And I'm telling you, that is the way it is. Because this is the program and the mindset of people. But these are the same people say they have this bona fide relationship with God. When you only see things one way about God, you have already put God in a box. And when God started out in the beginning, when he created the heavens and the earth, even God hovered over the waters and the waters makes up 75% of the earth. So God was already over 75% when he was actually 100% over everything. I want you to understand that when you actually put God in a box, so you shut him down in the teaching that he wants you to be taught through his son Christ. So now you have to make a decision today, my brothers and sisters. Here in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it asks you and I a question pertaining to God. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. This is powerful. See, because a lot of folks don't know glory, that they are the temple of God. A lot of folks don't even believe that the Spirit of God dwells in them. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You need to ask yourself while you're listening to this demonic presentation, this question that is being asked in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know, my brothers and sisters, do you not know, pastors and bishops, do you not know, Pastor D, that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? This verse is actually insinuating to us as Christians and believers that if you do not know or if you, do, if you didn't know that you are the temple of God, now you know. And without a shadow of a doubt, it gives us the precise reason why we are the temple of God. Because the Spirit of God dwells in us. The Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in me. But what it doesn't explain to us is how do we become? Or how do we became? How did we became? Or how do we become the temple of God? And it doesn't explain to us when the Spirit of God started dwelling in us. Just maybe, just maybe, this is the reason so many Christians and believers and spiritual church leaders can't identify that they possess the power of the Spirit of God, huh? And the promise of our Father on a daily basis. Just maybe. Let's take a look and see when God decided to let us possess his spirit for us to dwell in. Joel 2, 27 and 29. Let's go there to Joel chapter 2. Like I say, you should have your sword with you. 
And it reads, Joel's chapter 2, verse 27. And God said, and my people should never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. Let me say that again. Then God said, my people should never be put to shame. Huh? And then you should know that I am in the midst of my people. Let me say that again. And God said, my people should never be put to shame. Uh, and I shall dwell in them forever. Hey, glory. Huh? Come on. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other beside me. My people should never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see visions. And also on my maidservants and my men servants, on my maidservants and my men servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. See? This was the prophecy in the Old Testament through his prophet Joel. Let's see if we can see where this prophecy was fulfilled in the New Testament. Hmm? He says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, on the day of Pentecost, it had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. See, this is one of the problems we have because on the day of Pentecost has left the day that the day of Pentecost came. See, because everybody from different denominations are not on one accord. You know who I'm talking about, those who had whosoever moved church. So when you decide you are affiliated with a church and you can't affiliate with the church next to your church, you have already discarded or disregarded Guard yourself from being affiliated on one accord. Because over yonder, they believe in one thing, and over yonder, they believe in another thing, and over here, over yonder, they believe in something else. So now you got over here, over yonder, and over here where I'm at right now, believing in all kinds of different things, and they always tell you that the Word of God is interpreted in different ways from different people. The devil is alive. That is one interpretation of God. That is one inspiration of God's word. And God's word has only one interpretation of what God says, who he say is as God. Not what man said what God said and mixed it up. What he thought God said, God said who he was. But I'm telling you right now, there is only one interpretation. If one believes in the trans blood, don't believe in the trans blood, the blood transfusion, the other one don't believe in this, and the other one don't believe in that. The women can't preach, and the other ones believe in that men should do this and women should do that. And the others should think that, you know what I mean? That on Saturday this day here, on Sunday we are, and the scriptures rectify all these different entities while they are separated from one another. And yet they are equally yoked with death, but they are not equally yoked with the eternal glory of God because they all have these different entities about who they think God is. So on the day of Pentecost, when it had fully came, they was on one accord in one place. 
What if we start going back to the way Christ was teaching about the words of eternal life and start joining forces and joining hands and joining together back to where Christ called us to be? I tell you what, maybe it seemed far-fetched right now, but just give it some time. As these words of eternal life began to manifest itself in glory, you're going to see the change. I know you're seeing a lot of death. I know you're seeing a lot of this and that that is taking place, corruption and all kind of things taking place in the earthly realm but God is still on the scene because he's setting up the promises that he promised that me and you would have in the situation that we're in so those who believe what God is doing gonna have what God is doing because they're in what God is doing because they're where God need them to be at so they can have what God promised they can get amen and suddenly Acts chapter 2 verse 2 and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house. Hey, the body that was made without hand, where they were assembled, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. But Peter had to remind them of the promises of God that God gave them through his word, through the prophet Joel. In Acts 2, 14, 18, But Peter said, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all over the United States and all over the world who dwell in Jerusalem, let these be known, let this be known to you, and heed to my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your, your young men shall see vision, your old men shall dream dreams, and all my men servants and all my maid servants, huh? I will pour out my spirit on them in the last day, and they shall prophesy. Now we witness with the scriptures with the scriptures verification exactly when we started dwelling in the spirit of God. But it's amazing how soon we forget that we are endowed with the spirit of God and the spirit of God dwells in us. When we are encountered with the vicissitudes of life circumstances or the life situations or when we are, when a change or evaluations occurring in our, in the course of the life situation, we soon forget that we are endowed with the power of God and that the spirit of God dwells in us. Why? This is so. This is so because Christians and believers and spiritual church leaders has a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. The zeal has replaced the knowledge and the knowledge has not been actually understood because the knowledge is understood as the zeal. 
if we don't know how we become the temple of God and when did the spirit of God dwells in us, it is simply impossible huh, to hold on to what God promised us as our father. We already looked into when he promised to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. So now let's take a look at how we learn when. Now let's find out how. He poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost upon all flesh as he promised. Now we are dwelling in something he poured out. But if we don't understand what he poured out does not waste to the ground, huh? You may not understand what he poured into you. It doesn't mean what he poured in you is waste. It means that you are zealing for something that is poured in you so that you can have the knowledge of what he gave you as who he is as God. So God wants you to understand, my brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, he wants you to understand, God wants you to know that what he has done in his word and his spirit, so God has given you a zeal so that you can have the knowledge through the zeal. And it's all right to have a zeal as long as you understand the knowledge. Because if the knowledge has the zeal and the zeal doesn't have the knowledge, you are in two different places in God. Because if the knowledge has the zeal, that means you are running around in the church like I was, but I only had the zeal when I was running around in the church. But now I can run around in my room or in my house or in my office where I'm teaching from out of this podcast. I can tell you right now, I have the knowledge, but the zeal of the knowledge that I have causes me to be in a different place than when I was when I only had the zeal thinking I was had thinking I had the knowledge of God so we become the temple of God through understanding how we receive it not because someone go to 1 Corinthians 3:16 and tell you that you are the temple of God Huh? And the temple of you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Soon as you leave the uh, the place where they told you that, then you don't know why he said what they said. You will actually leave, and you will forget that you are the temple of God, and that God, the, the God, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Huh? Because for we was bought with a price, and therefore we should glorify God in our bodies. And in our spirits, which are God's. So when we are in a place where God is dwelling, which is God's, our bodies are God's. See, that's why you're the temple. He poured out what you wanted him, which he wanted you to be for him. You was bought when you was poured. When he poured in you, he bought you with the pouring. So now, my brothers and sisters, if God had promised us that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh and his sons and his daughters should prophesy, if this is the case and God said it, and this has to be true if God said it, let's search the scriptures where we may think we have eternal life and testify of his son Jesus Christ where he started out doing these things he promised he would pour 
In Luke chapter 3, verse 21, 22. See, y'all thought the pouring out of the day of Pentecost. See, the day of Pentecost started when Christ came down and baptized Jesus. See, that was the day of Pentecost for Jesus. But the day of Pentecost for the Lamb of God was the day God sent his body as Christ to come down on the body as the Lamb. So the Lamb actually was the day of Pentecost before the day of Pentecost came down as a, a Russian wind. The Russian wind came down when Jesus prayed and the windows of heavens opened up and he came down in a bodily form and he said to them, oh, let me read it so you'll know where I'm coming from. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21, verse 21 and 22, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized and while he prayed to the heavens was open. Huh? And the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon Jesus and a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. Now, if John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and the voice that came from heaven wasn't speaking to Jesus, huh? The voice that came from heaven couldn't be speaking to Jesus or wasn't speaking to Jesus if, in fact, Jesus was the begotten son in John 3.16, huh? So, in essence and in retrospect, the voice of God that came down from heaven had to be speaking to Christ in a body that descended on the body of Jesus. Remember, God said that when he poured out his spirit on his sons and daughters, they were prophesied through the word of Joel the prophet. So Christ actually huh, was the first Pentecost that came down on the body glory of Jesus. And the day of Pentecost happened on the day the windows of heaven opened up and Christ came down and baptized the Lamb of God who was named Jesus. So God always been the day of Pentecost because the Lamb of God is God in the body hey, that was named Jesus. Come on. So in essence, in retrospect, the voice that came down, came down and, huh, for the spirit in the body of Christ. So you have to remember that because we don't want you to get that twisted. Let us see where Jesus started prophesying about the spirit of Christ. So if the body, if God poured out his spirit upon all flesh and his sons and his daughters began to prophesy, you have to, in his maidservants and his men servants, he had to start with his first son. Let us be glad. Let's go to let's go and find out where he started with his first son. We got to use I like to use scriptures for verification because it brings us into a place where you can't change the scriptures if it has been written. My brothers and sisters, let us be glad in, in Revelation 19, verse 10. In Revelation 19, verse 7 through 10. Let's start at verse 7. Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. Uh-oh, that go to the Lamb of God again. And his wife has made herself ready. And to, and to her it was granted 
to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteousness acts of the saints. And then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true same of God. Let, let, let me say that again. huh? And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. What are the true sayings of God? I'm glad you asked because in verse 10, it tells us um, what's the true saying of God. In verse 10 in, Revolution, in Revelation chapter 19, and I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, who is the he? The he is the Christ. Christ said to John, because John wrote the book of Revelation as he wrote the first John, the second John, and the third John, and the book of John. This is the beloved son that Christ, who who, who hang on Christ's bosom, who, who who Christ said that, what is it to you? If he, if, if I want him to remain until I come again, what is it to you, Peter? This is that John that he was referring to from out of John 21, 21. So you got to catch up with this message, my brothers and sisters, because in, in Revelation 19, 10, it says that <clears throat> I fell at his feet to worship him. He said to me, Christ said to John, see that you do not do that. Huh? I am your fellow servant. Boy, this is a heavy message because, you know, if, if, if leaders, spiritual leaders would understand that and stop getting people to worship them besides the, and get them to worship God, we would have a better understanding who God is instead of worshiping man through God. I don't need a man to worship God. I need the son of God to worship God. Huh? The son of man who is Jesus, but the son of God who is Christ. I need God who is the promise of our father so that I can worship God in spirit and truth because God is seeking for such a one. God is spirit and they that come to him must worship him. Hey, glory. Worship God. Look what he says. Don't do that. See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. And look what Christ said. Worship God. Christ told John, man, look here. I know I've been resurrected and I'm up here sitting on the right hand of the Father and I'm up here visiting you right now. But don't, 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 don't bow down to me. I, I, work, I'm your fellow servant. Huh? Don't bow down to me. Worship God. Hey, glory. My brothers and sisters, he says, why? Now he tells him why he should worship God. He says, because I have the testimony of Jesus. See, Jesus didn't have the testimony of Jesus. Jesus had the testimony. Christ had the testimony of Jesus. Hmm? And Jesus had the testimony of Christ. Like we should have. So he says, I have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. This is where I've been trying to get to through the whole message. For the testimony of Jesus, high glory, is the spirit of prophecy. Come on. Do you not know 
that the testimony of Jesus, Christ says, I have the testimony of Jesus. I have the body of Jesus. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So now Jesus had to prophesy in the body of Christ, but Christ has the testimony of Jesus because Christ was in the body of Jesus. So now you got these two that has become one that is on one accord that is telling you and telling me what testimony that they have. See, this is the church's biggest problem that they don't testify. Of my son, John 5, 39 says that, huh, if you search the scriptures, die, if you search the scriptures, you may think you have eternal life. This is, these are they that testify of me, huh? But you are not willing to come to me so that you can testify of me that you may have eternal life. And God says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10, 11, and 12, and 13, he said, and this is the testimony of God that I have given you eternal life through my eternal son. So now we find out Jesus had a testimony. Now we find out Christ had the testimony of Jesus being in his body. And now we find out even God had a testimony in the body and the Holy Spirit who was named Jesus. Our glory. So now you should have the testimony of God. Because the testimony of God is the spirit of prophecy of Christ. The testimony of God is now the testimony of Jesus. Because Christ had the testimony of Jesus, that means whatever Christ had in him about Jesus, we should have in us about Christ and Jesus through the spirit of God. Because no one can come to the Father except by Christ. And if Christ had the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, even Christ had to prophesy to get back to God in the body of Jesus. Now we're about to find out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in our closing. Do you not know? Yeah, brother. Do you not know, my brothers and sisters? Huh? For the love of Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love, do you not know? Really? For the love of Christ has compelled us. Because we be, because we judge this: that if one died for all, then we all die. Verse 15 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and, ro and, ro and, ro and rose again. 
So even Christ had to follow and make this rule applicable to his life. Because if Christ, if Jesus died for Christ, and Christ, and Jesus died for all in the body of Christ, and Christ died for all in the body of Jesus, we have to do the same thing to receive what Christ gave us, what God gave Christ to give to us. And I know that he has given us eternal life. Huh? And he died for all in verse 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. That those who live should live no longer. See, the problem is people are trying to live for themselves. They're trying to live naturally in the, in the heavenly body. See, you are in a body that is made without hands that he created on the sixth day. So you are trying to perform something in flesh and blood. Cannot inherit it, something that God made from out of his glory. So that's why you can't receive this type of message because it's too much for the natural mind because the spiritual mind has been blinded by the gods of this world. And if you've been blinded by the gods of this world, it ain't no mist or no mistake that you've been blinded by the person you've been listening to. These are the gods. We are gods. And we are children of the most high God. So if you've been blinded by the gods of this world, you've been blinded by a person who's been teaching the word of God. Huh? The spirit of error versus the spirit of truth. So now, my brothers and sisters, if he died for you and he died for me and he died for Christ and he rose again on the third day, look what the scripture says. Even Christ had to abide by this rule, being in the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God. How we know this? Because in Revelation 19.10, Christ was speaking to John and told John, you don't have to bow down to me. Don't do that, my brother. See that you don't do that, my brother. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Don't bow down to me. Because in the similitude of who I am as God and the Son of God, you're going to have to do the same thing and the purpose of what God called me to give you. See that you don't do that. I'm equal with you, my brother, my brother John, and I have the testimony of Jesus, the one who died for us all. What you need to do, John, is worship God because you are the of God, the spirit of God that dwells in you. That's who you are. Do you know that you are the temple of God? Glory. My God. Because you need to know, John, the same testimony of Jesus that I have as Christ. You should have it too. Why? Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the spirit of prophecy, if you do not know, is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. The spirit of prophecy is there, is there for now, from now on. We regard no one according to the fact. See, the spirit of prophecy brings you beyond flesh and blood it brings you in be it brings you in a place where god and christ and the holy spirit as jesus abides 
and you are no longer in the flesh because you can't please God in the flesh. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know now no more him no longer. Why? Because of the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> because of the spirit of prophecy, there is therefore now, if any man, uh-oh, because of the spirit of prophecy, there is therefore now the spirit of any woman has the spirit of prophecy. If the spirit of the man has the spirit of prophecy, Huh? Of the testimony of Jesus, who is in Christ, he or she is now a new creation, a new temple. Glory. The Spirit of God dwells in you, and all things out of the old creation has been done away with until you call it up again, regurgitate what God has eliminated. You have regurgitated what God has eliminated, and God says, old things has passed away. You are a new creation. The body that is made without hands, he says, get yourself a new heart, and get yourself a new spirit, and get yourself a new mind. 18 inches from your heart to your mind is where God God resides. The body that is made without hands, but if it's 666, the number of a beast and the number of a man, he says that it would be interrupted from what I have given you as a new creation. What was created huh, in my image and I, my likeness that I made on the sixth day when I rested on the seventh day. He said, all things have passed away and now you have become new because you are the temple of God. Hey, glory. You are the temple of the most high God. Huh? He that dwells in the house of God shall dwell in the house forever because no one for now on we are the temple we should know, everyone, from now on, we should know that we are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Do you not know that you are too, all of us? You better know now that we are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in us. You all have to know and better know. Because if you want the gift of God, which is eternal life, you have to know that you are the gift as the temple. God's temple is his gift. God's house that he made without hands, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. If this earthly tent is dissolved, there is another building, another house that is built by God on the sixth day. He glory in his image and after his likeness as a male and a female. That is temple of God that he poured in the body that was made from the dust of the ground. But the body from the dust is no longer a part of the body that is from the temple. Hey, glory. My brothers and sisters, God wants us to have the gift. We got to start speaking the prophecy, the spirit of prophecy. 
See, even Christ had the spirit of prophecy for 40 days. He was in the earth speaking the spirit of prophecy. Hey, I have the testimony of the one who died for me and rose again. When are we going to start speaking as the oracle of God, the temple of God, who rose again on the third day? Do you not know, my brothers and sisters, that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? My brothers and sisters, this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. And we want to thank you again for listening in and tuning in. We pray that these messages uh, touched you in such a way where God began to use you and you realize that you are more important than what your situation or the vicissitudes of life that you're dealing with. We have the tendency, and I did at one time before I came into a place, and now I'm at a place where it don't even matter what takes place. I have to continue to continue to speak the spirit of prophecy. I have the testimony of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, I want you to know that the testimony of Jesus came from out of the mouth of God, which is, which is the body of Christ who spoke the spirit of prophecy. So Christ even talked about what Jesus had in him through the spirit of Christ as God put in Jesus. So now Christ says, I got the same spirit because he's the one died as the lamb. So, my brother, I want you to understand these messages going to go forward and we're going to continue to do what God calls us to do. And we thank God for blessing us forever. And now if you want to reach us or uh, you want to you have any concerns, questions, or, uh, or, con or con concerns, questions, or answers or that you want to be answered, just give us a call at 678-764-1614, 678-764-1614. Reach us at... P-A-S-T-O-R-D-O-W, P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com. And give us some feedback. And we pray that the spirit of him and the promise of our Father continue to manifest you, manifest in your life. There's a book online that goes with the promise of our Father podcast. It's called The Promise of Our Father and Who Has Believed in Our Report. It's on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. If you're interested, my brothers and sisters, purchase the book. And I want you to know that God is doing such and so powerful in the earthly realm. He's looking for spiritual leaders. He's looking for leaders who are going to stand in a place where most people won't because they don't understand in the place they're in. And I just want to thank you for continuing tuning in. And may God continue to bless you and your families forever. We'll be back soon at the Promise of Our Father podcast. Amen.